Blog Talk Radio. Not only did he do it, you know, in grand fashion by hitting a home run, but 
he was also five for five that day. And um, do you know only under, one other person had a five for five day when he got his three thousand hit? Do you know who that would be? No, sir. I uh, do not. Oh, I thought you had some notes, so I thought you would know that that was one Craig Biggio that went five for five when he got his three thousand hit. Oh wow, no, I, I didn't know that Craig Biggio, of course, the great Houston Astro. Yep. Great Astro and uh, product of Seen Hall, which is your college, sir. Oh, of course, absolutely. The 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 one and only. He and Charlie Haas are about the only two famous people I can think of that went to my school, sir. Yes, sir. And so Derek Jeter hits his 3,000th hit on Saturday. The Yankees win. And, you know, the one thing that – the one aspect that people have been talking about, and I'd like to get your take on it, is that, you know, the fan – I think his name is Carlos – caught the ball and uh, really didn't want anything returned. He, he just wanted to give the ball to Derek Jeter because, you know, he earned it. Um, you know, there are people that have been talking about how would have kept the ball, would have sold it for the highest bidder. How do you feel about that, DG? you think that in this day and age, uh, is that like um, a little refreshing to hear that the guy just wanted to give the ball to the guy that actually rightfully owns it? Absolutely not. Uh, I think this man is a complete and utter buffoon, and I'm actually curious to see what your take on it is. But I think he did uh, the stupidest thing on earth. You know, I was thinking about this today, and I was discussing it with my wife, and I was looking at all of the uh, Internet stuff on it. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, Neil Best from Newsday, you know, had an article. Of course, he disagrees with me. He talked about the good intentions, you know, and how he did the right thing. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, this guy's an absolute putz. Why in the world would any person give something so historic right back to Jeter? The ball is worth a small fortune, sir. And he gives it away, and not only that, but now he's going to owe money to the IRS somewhere between five and 13000 on the cheapo gift the Yanks gave him. What do you think about that, sir? I didn't know that he's going to owe money now to the IRS to pay taxes on what the Yankees were giving. That's pretty bad. Yep. The Yankees are giving him uh, some uh, sweet tickets, I think four, four uh, tickets in a suite, I guess for him and his buddies, or you know, if he has any friends after this, I have no clue. But uh, for the rest of the year and playoffs, if they make it, which, you know, obviously they will. But the the, the actual prize package, quote-unquote, is valued at about 32000 And the problem I have with it is this. He didn't steal the ball. He didn't knock over some little kid for it. He didn't rob some old lady. This isn't like he found money on the street that didn't belong to him. See, in that case, the right thing to do, you know, no question, is go to the police, bring the money back. And, you know, and then, of course, if it's not claimed it's been a certain amount of time, the money legally and rightfully belongs to you. This guy, that's his property. It's not Derek Jeter's property. He doesn't own it, and he really has no right to it. It's the fans who catch it. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not sure what your take on it is, but that ball is worth a minimum of $100,000 and probably closer to about a quarter of a million. He could have really raked in the dough. But you know what? He's, he's a complete buffoon. You know, it's like I said, not only did he not – he got 32000 a third of what the ball is worth minimum, sir. And and you know what? Jeter is a zillionaire. The Yankees are zillionaires. Just, you know, we pay hard-earned money. We're not Yankee fans, but let me go on a rant here. We pay our hard-earned money. This guy, you know, is a working-class Joe. You know, no pun intended. And here he goes. He has a chance of a lifetime. And what does he do? He gives the ball back to Jeter for basically nothing. What do you think about that, sir? Well, I, I also did hear that this gentleman, I think, like I said, his name's Carlos, but I, I also heard that he has a bunch of loans that he still has to pay back for college. So 
just for that fact alone, you would think that the guy would want some kind of financial reward. I mean, yes, the Yankees gave him some petty stuff like, uh, you know, four suites, four season uh, tickets for the rest of the year, including playoffs. But uh, like DG said, now he's got to pay taxes on that. So that's even crazier. But I was telling you, and now I changed my mind, DG. I told you this before in our production meeting yesterday. I said that um, if it was Jeter, I'd probably give the ball back to him. But if it was A-Rod, I'd probably you know, charge an arm or a leg for it. But uh, now that I rethink about it, you're, you're absolutely right that this ball belongs to the fan, and I don't understand what he was thinking about giving it back. I mean, do you really think that Jeter would have, like, like been upset if he had to pay $100,000 for the ball or whatever it was worth? I mean, the guy's making $17 million a year this year. I don't think it's it's that much to ask for, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars for the 3,000th you know, hit that Jeter hit. Yeah, this is this is a historic ball. This is a once in a lifetime situation, and you know what? It's not even about extorting the Yankees. And as a non-Yankee fan, I wouldn't even go so far. I wouldn't extort anybody. The fact is that this ball on the open market would have been worth at least a hundred k. He could have gone to Steiner Sports Collectibles. He could have gone, you know, eBay. Whatever the case is, people well, maybe not eBay, but people would have paid money for this because it's worth it because it's a piece of history that he rightfully got. It's not like he stole it. It's not like he again. It's it's nothing inappropriate. He didn't do anything wrong. He got this because he was in the right place at the right time. And it's not about extorting the Yankees. I'm not saying, hey, you know, give me a million, give me two million. No. What is the ball worth to you? You tell me and then we'll talk. That's the way that it should be. You know, there's no there's no reason why this guy couldn't have gotten what the what the ball was worth. Jeter makes that much money in a day. He, somebody called the fan yesterday and talked about how he makes about $92,000 a year. You're going to tell, I mean, sorry, a, a day. You're telling me that Jeter can't spare a day's salary? This guy is going to owe money on this on this stinking seat, and he's not going to get anything. So, really, he ends up losing on this whole situation. Yeah, he's going to be in sweet seats, you know, pardon the pun, but, you know, for the rest of the year. But who cares? Give me the money. I mean, I know that your wife would have, if you had done this, Joe, not only would you be heading towards divorce court, but your sorry beep would be out in the street right now because your stuff would have been waiting for you on the front lawn when you got home, and Sabrina would have said, I got two words for you. You're, <laughs> You're absolutely right, DG. I mean, it's not about extorting the Yankees or extorting Derek Jeter, but we all have our financial situation, and, you know, most of us, you know, like probably 95% of us in the United States owe some kind of debt in the form of either credit card bills or, or loans or even, you know, more commonly called a mortgage like I do. So I would have definitely found some kind of monetary value that the Yankees, and again, I wouldn't have been asking for a million or two or anything like that. I just, like you said, find out what the ball's worth and, and see if you can get that because, again, this ball is worth something. It is history. Unless Derek Jeter plans on keeping this ball in his mantle, then I, I don't see what's wrong with, you know, asking for, you know, a fair price for the ball, D, uh, DG. I don't either. And again, you know, you're, you're talking to, uh, you know, I consider myself a pretty honest guy. It, it's not about stealing. It's not about bleeding the Yankees dry. And even as a Met fan who can't stand the Yankees, I wouldn't even do that because it's not the right thing to do. But the fact is that it's his ball. He should have got more money for it. You know what? Derek, pay up. They, they, they need to make right by this guy. I know he, he did what he felt was the right thing to do. And, you know, I'm not I'm not even trying to bash the guy because, he obviously, he must be a decent person, a decent human being, a good guy, if anything, because you know what, just judging by this one move, because he did it just to be nice, no other reason, and now he's going to come out on the losing end, 
you know what? It's just it's it's not it just doesn't make sense. This guy's getting hosed for something that he tried to do the right thing. Yankees need to need to do right by him. They need to give him the dough. They need to fork over the cash and do what they got to do, sir. You, you know, DG. And uh, speaking of another thing that's not the right thing to do, I think Derek Jeter I also. I think Derek Jeter also. Whoa! Whoa! That's a little echo there. Echo there. DG, I hear, hear myself. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, what were you saying, sir? I was saying that Derek Jeter is not playing in tonight's All-Star game. I mean, he was voted in as a starting shortstop, and I know we have problems with that, but is there anything wrong with Derek Jeter just taking one at-bat and being recognized for hitting his 3,000th hit? The fans voted him in, and he decides not to play. There's, there has been players in the past, obviously, and will be in the future that will not want to play in the All-Star game. But I think that it would have been a nice little thing, a nice little gesture to recognize him at the All-Star game, and for him not to just show up, I think even just for one at bat is pretty bad, I think. Well, you know, it, it's tough to be honest with you because, you know, you have a good point, and, and I uh, was listening to the radio that, earlier today, so, you know, I guess uh, my opinion kind of changed on it, but, you know, I don't want to rag on Jeter. I don't think it, I don't think it's right to rag on him for not showing up to the All-Star game. Yeah, it would have been cool, because you know, from a fan's perspective, because, all right, you get to see him, you get to honor him, whatever. I mean, let's let's be honest though. He didn't deserve to make it to the All Star game. There is no reason that Jeter should be an All Star. The fans voted him in because obviously they've got no taste. But aside from that, you know what? They, it is what it is, sir. I, I don't, I honestly don't see the big deal in it. I can understand maybe why a fan could think or or may feel a bit cheated that he wasn't there or he didn't show up. But I mean, let's be honest, sir. This guy is is a hardworking guy. He does what he needs to do. And, you know, he took one one day off, as it were. He's injured. He's been injured. I, I can't get on him, so I really can't. I can't rag on him. I mean, I heard an interview with Cal Ripken, and, and I, I respect Cal Ripken almost as much as Derek Jeter. And, I, I mean, they interviewed the guy, and they said that, how would, what would you do if you were voted in by the fans that want to see you play and, you know, you felt like you didn't belong there that year or whatever, like, just like this year with Derek Jeter. He, he, that's what he said, DG, and uh, to the audience out there. He said that he would actually at least have one at bat, and then he would say, all right, to the manager, whoever it is, take me out of the game because I don't feel like, you know, I, I should have made the All-Star game, but the fans have voted me in. I deserve, or they deserve to see me at least one at bat, give me the applause, you know, and especially guys, 3,000 hit. I think it would have been a win-win situation for the fans. And it's almost saying like, you know, the fans voted voted me in, but you know, who cares? I'm hurt. But you know, one at bat, one have hurt the uh, Derek Jeter, DG. I agree with that, and I can I can understand it. You know, I mean, as a fan of the Yankees, I would think you wouldn't even want him to go there because you don't want him to get injured or anything or take the chance. But I don't know, man. I, I guess I guess I can't really rag on him too much. I. I that's my opinion. Personally, I, I don't see how, you know, we could really get in this case too much about it because, you know what, I mean, he, he's always there. He does everything for the fans. This is one time I, I kind of got a little implied, yeah, the fans voted him in. Yeah, they wanted to see him. But you know what, I'm not going to – I'm just not going to get in this case, sir. I absolutely, positively refuse. Tonight's also the Midsummer Classic, the All-Star Game for Major League Baseball. And DG, um, you know, we never talked about it on there because we haven't been on for a full year. But, you know, this is an exhibition baseball game. And the winner, you know, if the National League wins, they get home field advantage. They are winning right now, by the way, 4-1. Yes, they are. 
they'll get home field. Whoever wins the game will get home field advantage for their for their league in the World Series. And I mean, I understand that you want to make the game interesting, but to me, it's always going to be an exhibition game. And just for the fact that Derek Jeter doesn't find it to be that important because he is healthy now because he did his 3,000th on Saturday. The fact that Derek Jeter doesn't feel like it's that important for, you know, uh, to play in the game tonight and try to win it for his league so they get World Se- you know, uh, home field at the, in the World Series, DG, I don't understand the, how you could tie an exhibition game to so much on the line when it comes to the Fall Classic. I don't see what's wrong with just picking the team with the best record and they get the home field advantage. I, I don't get that, DG. I don't either, but, I mean, it, it is an exhibition game. That's what the All-Star game is, you know. I mean, what what possible suggestion would you have to making it more important or making it relevant? There's really not much, sir. There's not much we can say about it. Um, you know, th- they talked about doing a home run derby because in soccer with the World Cup, you know, you have a shootout if the game is tied or, you know, penalty kicks if the game is tied. And then uh, when it comes to baseball, they were saying, well, you know, why don't we – I think uh, Evan was talking about this earlier, our, our old buddy – saying that why don't they have a home run derby at the end of it if it's tied after nine, so that way you don't need 85 guys on a roster, you know, to oversaturate it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you could do with this game. I'm just saying that how can you tie something so important to an exhibition game like home field advantage for the World Series? I think that's – it doesn't make sense to me. I agree, you know, but it really should go to the team that has the uh, the best record uh, at the end, well, you know, whoever that is, whether it's the National League or the American League. I mean, I, I've always thought it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not like life or death, but I always thought it's kind of cool to have the tied to the, the uh, All Star Game. But then again, at the same time, these guys don't even uh, these guys don't even care about the All Star Game. Some of them don't even go. You know, you had uh, somebody like our boy Jose Reyes who ended up showing up there to the game, even though he's injured, and he did a little interview yesterday with Carlos Beltran. But aside from that. I mean, you know, it's the all-star game. It's not too exciting. It's not too thrilling to the point where I'm not even watching it. I know that the uh, the National League is winning 4-1 to right now in the bottom of the sixth. But, you know, other than that, I don't know what the hell is going on. I have no idea how they scored and, you know, whatever. Even, I didn't even watch the uh, the home run derby yesterday, sir. Did you? I actually did catch some of the home run derby only because it was an interesting way of doing it. For the first time, they had a captain from each team. You had David Ortiz from the American League and Prince Fielder from the National League, and, you know, they picked four guys. And, you know, Robinson Cano ended up winning the individual. He's the, you know, the new home run derby champion. So that was interesting for Cano. Um, hit some bombs, actually, last night. The thing I, I want to ask you, too, DG, is, and maybe it's because I don't follow the All-Star game uh, closely enough, but correct me if I'm wrong, they're playing in Arizona tonight, yet there's a DH. Can you explain that one to me? I have no idea. You know, I heard that uh, I heard that Beltran was going to be doing the uh, the DH thing, but I really have no idea why that is, or you know what the deal is. So I guess we'd have to we'd have to find out about a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I thought that was weird, unless they decide to put a DH in every All Star game, because I thought that since it was going to be in a National League ballpark in Arizona tonight, we'd have no DH. But apparently, we do have a DH. I guess that's one way, DG, to get all the baseball players to like play in a bat or play an inning because then you don't have to worry about the pitchers batting and then you you know somebody else that's on the bench that could be batting for the pitcher yeah i agree um you know but what what can you say sir it's uh it's kind of odd it's an odd thing indeed we we need to find out it is definitely an odd thing and you know so that's all i really have about the yankees i don't want to get much into it we we should dissect since we're at the all-star break dg it is the Mets are, you know, halfway through the season, a little bit over halfway through the season. They're one game above 
500, but DG, they're only, not only, I meant they're, they they are seven and a half games out of the wild card, and to me, they're never going to catch the Phillies, obviously, definitely, maybe. Obviously. But, you know, it's it starting to look like they're never going to catch the Braves right now. So what do you, th- I mean, the first half, considering all the injuries, DG, that this team has had, um, it's amazing that this team's one game about 500. That's the plus side, but the minus side, I think, is that this team, as is, or even when they get David Wright about it, um, will not, you know, be able to contend for the wild card. What do you think? I, I agree. I honestly don't think that the the Mets are going to be able to contend. I mean, they're they're a nice little surprise. Um, you know, the way that they've panned out so far, it's it's been a pleasant surprise. But, I mean, let's not go crazy here, folks. They are only one game over 500. Considering how long Wright and Davis have been injured, though, that is pretty good. You know, as a matter of fact, you have uh, Dylan G, who's, who's been a revelation, really, for the team at 8-3 uh, and three with 3.76 ERA. He's been much better than they expected. And uh, at only 24 going on 25, he can carve out a nice little niche for himself on the team. Uh, you know, looking at the, the group as a whole, you have uh, your boy Mike Pelfrey, who's been an absolute train wreck. He, uh, you know, he's been a huge disappointment. He's been extremely streaky. He was supposed to be the ace of the staff, and he's probably the worst pitcher on the staff in terms of the, the, the starting rotation, which is an absolute shame. Um, you know, aside from that, though, of course, you have Carlos Beltran who's putting together quite a nice season. He's going to be gone soon, as we all know. And I was reading in the paper today, they were talking about how uh, I guess this could be Beltran's, this could be Beltran's uh, little, you know, showing him off for the Mets. It's basically a free comment for people to look at him and, and, and see what he's doing. And that way, if they're interested, then they can try to get the message trade for him. I've heard that the uh, the Giants are really interested in him, sir. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that the, the team, I mean, has been entertaining, but I, I think a realistic Mets fan like me and you, and I, I think I'm more negative than you are about the Mets, but I really think that they're, they're not going to be able to contend, like I said, with this team. And I don't think they're going to add anything to, to – get them to catch up to the Braves. So um, I could see them selling off some of those pieces, like you had mentioned, uh, especially Carlos Beltran uh, on a contract year. Jose Reyes might end up staying a Met because of the season he's having, and I think there would be a, a huge backlash, DG, on the Mets. So, you know, the first half, again, has been entertaining, but I just I don't know if they have the horses to, uh, you know, contend for the wild card. What, what do you think about, you know, Derek Jeter and the Yankees while we're talking baseball? How do you, how do you feel about them and Derek Jeter specifically. Well, you know, my problem with it with the team, it's not so much Jeter himself or anything that he's done, but it's the way that people portray him. It's how they talk about him. You know, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and you know, this guy and who shall remain nameless. Let's uh, let, let's leave it at that. <laughs> but you know, somebody, some some absolute buffoon. <laughs> was saying how Derek Jeter's a top five all-time great New York Yankee and that he's the greatest shortstop of all time. Now, should I start vomiting right now or should I wait a little bit so we can, you know, discuss it? Because this guy is an absolute buffoon. There, there's no other way around it, no ifs, ands, or buts, sir. I mean, the greatest shortstop of all time? Hello? I guess he doesn't know his baseball history. Maybe he's never heard of one. Honus Wagner one of the greatest shortstops, one of the greatest ball players of all time, and as a matter of fact, one of the original class in the Baseball Hall of Fame, along with Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, and I think two other guys, I forgot the other two, you know, all-time greats. You know, or maybe he forgot about Ernie Banks, one of the greatest Chicago Cubs to ever put on a, you know, lace up a pair of boots. Oh, what about somebody you mentioned earlier, Mr. Cal Ripken Jr., 
who, you know, him and Banks both played most of their careers as shortstop. Hell, let's look at his own time. You know, Jeter in his prime was never even close. He couldn't lick the dirt off of A-Rod's shoes. And as much as we dislike Alex Rodriguez, sir, let's be honest, A-Rod is probably the best shortstop of his generation. You know, the numbers that he put up, his defense, he head and shoulders above anything that Derek Jeter could ever do. The only advantage that Jeter has over him, and I guess over some other guys, is his quote-unquote intangibles. And how do you mention that? Or how do you measure that? Well, I guess you can't because they're intangible. But the truth of the matter is that, I mean, Jeter's good. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, first ballot Hall of Famer, 3,000 hits, most hits ever as a Yankee. But come on. You know, as a matter of fact, he wasn't even as good as Nomar Garcia-Para, Joe. You know, these people need to need to wake up. I, I sometimes feel, DG, that the Yankee fans are, like, you know, quote-unquote in love with the guy. Like, they, they, they've mistaken Derek Jeter, the guy that's off the field, that does everything right, that says everything right, you know, off the field. And then they, they make him up to be this, like, this player that he's not. I mean, he's a great shortstop, but he's definitely not the greatest of all time. And he's not even the top five greatest Yankees of all time. I know that he has 3,000 hits, uh, more hits than any other Yankee, but we could name, like, t- five Yankees right off the top of our head without even looking at a list to tell you that Jeter's not in the top five greatest Yankees of all time. No, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you know, if you, if you if, depends on if you're going to get into pitchers and whatnot, but you have... You know, the, the quote-unquote greatest player of all time, Babe Ruth. You got Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse. You got Jolton Joe DiMaggio. You got Mickey Mantle. Those four alone belong in a class by themselves. And, of course, if you throw in guys like Whitey Ford and Yogi Berra and, you know, any other famous Yankee. I mean, look, let's, for example, let's talk about, I mean, briefly, Don Mattingly. If Mattingly hadn't gotten injured, he would have been head and shoulders better than anything Jeter could put on the field. As a matter of fact, Look at his own team. I mean, this may be slightly controversial, but if it wasn't for Mariano Rivera, the Yankees wouldn't have won all those titles, sir. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. How can you not put Mariano Rivera in that class? Because, like you said, the guy is the greatest closer of all time. I mean, without him, like you said, this team does not win all these championships. He's the only constant in all the Yankees' championships in the last uh, decade or so. So you're right. I mean, right there, we've you've named four guys plus Rivera – um, and I don't understand how people even think that Jeter. I mean, is it, isn't it fair to say at least that Jeter's probably like, you know, the top ten or top fifteen Yankees of all time, greatest Yankees of all time? I would say so. Consider, you know, you take his stats into consideration, and of course, all his rings and stuff. But you know, if you look at it just based on rings alone, that's like saying that Ted Williams was garbage because you know he never, excuse me, he never won a World Series. I mean, you know, it's just. It's totally unrealistic, Joe. There's no other way around it. Fans really get out of control. They get absolutely out of control. But, you know, I think we spent enough time talking about Derek Jeter and the Yankees. This is probably the longest that we've ever talked about this. But, you know, people, he's got the 3,000 hits. People need to calm down. He's not the greatest ever. He's not even close. So let's just calm down. He's a great ball player. He deserves, you know, his fame and his accolades, or accolades, as my dad would say. But, uh, you know, let's take a chill pill here, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, there's a couple of other baseball nuggets that I have, too. I mean, the unfortunate, you know, death of that fan in Texas that, uh, you know, Josh Hamilton threw a ball out to him, and then basically, um, you know, he leaned over and fell, like, I don't know how many feet, and unfortunately he passed away. I mean, DG, I mean, I feel sorry for the family. I feel sorry for his son that was there watching his six-year-old son. 
And then, you know, it, history almost repeated itself last night. Did you hear about that? I did. My wife and I were talking about it today. You know, well, you know, we were at dinner earlier, and uh, I just don't understand what the hell's wrong with people. First of all, these balls aren't even worth any money, and these people are trying to kill themselves over that. Not that you ever should try to kill yourself, but these are the totally useless, worthless foul balls. I mean, at least the Jeter ball, if this guy had tried, I'm not saying, you know, God forbid anything would have happened to him, but that ball's but, worth money. These these balls, these are just regular foul balls. You know, I'll hit a foul ball to you, and you can hold on to it. You don't have to jump off a friggin', you know, balcony to, to try and catch it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just, um, I guess it, it's it's easy to say. Like, uh, sometimes I wonder how, like, why they make railings so short where you can actually fall over. I know there's a lot of different events, uh, sporting events, where you could, you know, you could try to reach for something, but you can't fall over. And it seems like in Texas, at least, uh, there you could just fall over. And even in Arizona, you could just fall over and just, like, either get seriously hurt or even worse, you know, potentially die, which is, it's insane to think about that. I mean, I can't even imagine how, what even, like, you know, Josh Hamilton is the one that threw him the ball, and how, what's he thinking? Like, is he going to be able to recover from this mentally? I, You know, Josh Hamilton is a born Christian, and, you know, obviously our, our thoughts and prayers really do sincerely go out to the family of, of this gentleman who, who passed away, but hopefully Josh will be able to recover. But it's absolutely a travesty. It's not easy, and it's something that may haunt him for quite a while. But, you know, it was just – he's just chucking it to him. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. But people – you know, you got to be careful. You can't go after uh, – you can't go after the ball like that. You can't be a, a lunatic, sir. There's no way. There's just absolutely no way you're right. And uh, I, I believe – I mean, this is what I heard. I didn't get to see it yet, but I believe – that kid and his mother are at the All-Star game tonight because I think they showed him before the game started. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how you recover from that, sir. I really don't. It's it's just it's a shame. It's it's an absolute shame and you know, we're we're sorry about that, you know, obviously and I hope that his family, will, you know, is doing okay. Yeah, this might be a great way to uh talk about shame and uh being depressed uh, you know, introducing our third member of our family. Now it's 10:30, sir. Oh, yeah. It is time for the one and only Todd Johnstone, T-A-J. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Nice to be back on the air, guys. How are we all doing? Oh, we're doing wonderful, Todd. Let me ask you a question before you get into your little rant. Um, Where do you weigh in on this whole Jeter 3000 hits, greatest Yankee, greatest ball player, greatest human being who ever lived thing? Well, it just so happens that my rant tonight is a little bit of a dog pile on our first segment. So, oh, sweet. Let's do so it, here sir. we go. <laughs> in talking about Major League Baseball tonight, you know, I thought that uh, because we are knee-deep in the Midsummer Classic here, that I would talk about the continued black eyes that Major League Baseball seems to keep giving itself. Uh, let's start with this whole DJ 3K thing. You know, first off, I hate those cutesy little acronyms, all right? Major League Baseball and all other sports just need to stop with that crap. I can't stand it, but I digress. They make, they make me sick, right? But I digress. <laughs> Derek Jeter finally hit his 3,000th hit, and of course it was a home run. Uh, enter Christian Lopez, this poor idiot, had the unfortunate luck to come into possession of this uh, aforementioned ball, a ball whose estimated value was about 250000 thousand dollars sounds like somebody hit the lottery right 
Not yeah. so fast. He decided to uh, do what he said was the right thing by giving the ball back to DJ3K because it was the right thing to do. Stand-up guy. I have to say, I think it was the stand-up thing to do. Personally, I would have soaked the highest bidder for the ball. I mean, then it comes out that this poor schmo has got $100,000 in student loan debt, and what do the Yankees do? They give him $44,000 worth of Yankee tickets. Yeah, you know, Thir- great. 32, sir. You know? It's 32,000. Whatever. Does it really matter? <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> Those must be some seats for $32,000. The uh, the $100,000 student loan debt is pretty well reported. And uh, DJ3K, you know, what does he do for this stand-up guy? Nothing. Yes. Nice job by the captain, number two, Derek Jeta. Jeta. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for the All-Star game. You know, and the great thing about the All-Star game is that the fans vote on who they want to see. You know, it's who we love. It's who we want to see out on the field. So we put you there in this game, Derek Jeter. Not me personally, but, you know, most of our fans. You know, and after a season where my seven-year-old nephew has a better batting average in his little league, and, you know, he's not even the best shortstop on his team, never mind the American League, you know, how does he repay those loving and adoring fans? You know, eh, thanks, but uh, I'm not coming. Another class move by number two, Derek Jeta. Jeta. And just to add insult to injury and really rub salt in the wound, here comes Bud Selig in support of this debacle and saying that Major League Baseball is in total support of DJ3K's decision and, you know, that he would have done the same thing in his shoes. So toast up, Yankee fans, all you lifers that became fans in the 90s, and all you bandwagon jumpers, enjoy. If you didn't know what you, if you, didn't know what you mean to the players and the owners, and the execs of Major League Baseball before, what well, you do now. You mean about as much to them as the garbage on the curb that gets taken. Away, that is. I'm Todd Johnstone. DJ? Well, I, I have to admit, Todd, this is by far and away the greatest take you have ever produced on this show. And as a matter of fact, I think that we should fire you now because it'll never get better than that, sir. <laughs> Thank you, you know, good night. <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite part of it, Todd, is the fact that it was actually relevant because normally when you do, you know, we're here talking wrestling and we're talking CM Punk and the WWE or we're talking Mets, you come out of nowhere with like some crazy golf take or a take on, you know, NFL lockout date 7,000 and, you know, five years into it. So it, it, it's quite refreshing, I have to say, that uh, <laughs> the take was so spot on and it tied in perfectly with what we were talking about there. I'm glad to hear that because I was afraid that I was going to get the old, you know, we just talked about that five minutes ago. You know that, right? No, of course not. I mean, I know you, we know you were listening, so, you know, you've you got to steal your material from us sometime. <laughs> I mean, think about it, though. I mean, you guys have to admit, I mean, the Yankee organization really just dropped the ball on this one, literally. <laughs> They did. You know, we, we talked about it earlier. There's no, you know, I'm very adamant about the fact that this guy, blew, I didn't know he was in that much debt, but, man, he blew the chance of a lifetime just to try to be a nice guy. And 
It's like I said, it's not like this is some found money on the street. He didn't steal it. He did nothing wrong. He's entitled to that money because that's what it's worth. And instead, he's got all this crazy debt. And you know what? The only way this will work out for him is if somebody like Bill Gates says, you know what, I feel bad for this guy, so let me give him like 200 k to help him out. Because otherwise, he blew the chance of a lifetime. And like I said earlier about Joe, he would have been out on the street if Andrea found out that, uh, you know, he... My wife, too. She would, I would have found myself packed out on the front lawn, too. Yeah, you, you would have had your kids waving to you, you know, singing, na 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 hey, 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 goodbye. Girl, exactly. They would have been waving, pick up your stuff off our grass, stupid. <laughs> what, I, what I don't get is, why couldn't Derek Jeter be a nice guy? The guy makes $17 million a year. Why couldn't he cut this guy a check to get him out of debt? I mean, that's the least he could, Derek Jeter could have done for this guy. Agreed. And the Yankees should be picking up the tax that the IRS is looking to charge this poor schmo. I mean, did you hear what the, what his appeal was today? He said uh, something to the effect of, you know, I, I'm going to reach out to the IRS and I hope that they're going to, you know, uh, something to the effect of they're, I hope that they're going to take it easy on me. Is he serious? What country does this guy live in? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what planet does this guy live in? Does he really think the IRS is going to give him any kind of a break at all? Not only exactly. that, but I read that, uh, he, you know, he's like, well, you know, worst case scenario, you know, I have family and stuff that'll help me. So this guy's in $100,000 in debt, trying to make a living for himself, trying to be, do the right thing, and then he's going to ask his, his family, who's probably going to be on the verge of being homeless after this whole thing is over, you know, he, he's going to ask people who have no money, you know, let's just say, for money when the guys who should be paying his bills and paying his dog and paying everything else are the Yankees who make money hand over fist, and this guy is a loyal Yankee fan. He's obviously a huge Yankee fan. The Yankees should, you know, we as fans spend so much money, especially people with season tickets, you spend so much money to get into these stadiums, and then something like this happens, a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You have people dying over foul balls in other parts of the country, and this guy gets this ball that's historic, and what does he do? Oh, here, Derek, I love you, take it back. You know, if I was there, I would have gave him some sweet chin music, kicked him in the face, and thrown him down a flight of stairs, because this guy needs to get taken, or as our truth would say, he needs to get got. <laughs> there you Agreed. Go. Let me just say one last thing before you guys throw me off. <laughs> when you guys were, when you guys were talking before about um, you know about Derek Jeter being you know the the first Yankee to to hit three thousand hits, you know above and beyond, you know he's the greatest Yankee of all time, above and beyond all these players throughout history. I was listening to Colin Cowherd on Monday afternoon, and, if, and he said, if you go back through history, and I actually looked at this, and he's right. If you go back through the history of the Yankees, the only reason that Derek Jeter was the only one to hit 3,000 hits is because the Yankees organization, since the dawn of time, once you start to show your age at all, you're out of there. That's the only reason Derek Jeter has lasted longer than anybody else is because he hasn't started to show his age until just recently. That's a good point. You know, and I mean, he's still he, he's still a good player. He's not, you know, the greatest of all time. But you know, the truth of the matter is that people people need to get off their high horse and they need to, you know, because the thing is, it's not Jeter. Derek doesn't take himself that seriously. He doesn't carry himself that way. He carries himself like you know the ultimate PC kind of guy, basically the John Cena of the of Major League Baseball. But you know what? There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's the fans that we can't stand. And, of course, three, you know, lifelong Mets fans here talking on the air. But 
I don't know. It's just the way the fans talk about him really pisses me off because they're not even on the same planet. They have a better shortstop uh, to Jeter's right, which would be A-Rod, than Derek could ever hope to be. Agreed. But, Todd, as always a pleasure, you know, for your wonderful take and your, your extended – you know, this is, I think, the longest that we've had you in studio, so we're going to have to start charging you a minute, sir. <laughs> Iced coffee next week. <laughs> have a good one, Todd. Be good, guys. Folks, that was the immortal Todd Johnstone. Todd's take, the greatest of all time, Joe? I think so. I definitely agree with you. It it tied in with everything we were talking about the first half of the show, DG. So, uh, you know, A-plus to Todd, and Todd, you're fired, because like DG said, you probably can't match that next week. (laughs) Definitely not. Sir, uh, real quick, before we move on to some other things, uh, you know, I yeah. didn't mention it, I didn't mention this before, but I have this here in my notes for the for the show. Um, you know, we were talking about the New York Mets and we were talking about where they're at. And they're, you know, one game over five hundred. But let's be honest, sir. The Mets. The, you know, we talked about it before, but just a couple of notes. The Mets aren't going anywhere, most likely. I mean, if David Wright and Ike Davis somehow came back and they somehow hit the way that they were, you know, the way that Ike was hitting, especially when he went out, you know, like what seems like six months ago, the Mets could make some type of you know run. But they don't have the pitching for it. If if everything broke right, if they had Jason Bay, you know what, sir? I was looking at his stats. You know, he's played 160 games for the Mets. You know how many home runs he's hit? Uh, six. He's hit 12 home runs, and he has 75 RBI in 160 games. And he's at wow. about, about a two forty seven batting average. T- terrible. I mean, what can you say about that? That's... It's a disgrace, you know. I mean, this guy is an absolute bum, and he needs to he needs to go unless he's lights out for the rest of the year, the entire second half, and the entire third and fourth years of his contract. This guy sucks, and he needs to go. Get him the hell out. He's been an unmitigated disaster, and his time with the Mets has been nothing short of a complete and utter nightmare. I understand your point of getting him out, but you're, you're going to get nothing for him. I mean, do you care about that? Well, obviously, you know, it's not my money, but at the same time, what what could they get for him? I mean, this guy, if he was hitting great, you wouldn't want to get rid of him. So now that he's hitting like garbage, I mean, he really shouldn't be on the team, sir. He's not doing anything. He's not helping the team. He is a waste of space. No ifs, ands, or buts. Well, yeah, I mean, if a team wants him and a, a team that's contending for a wild card or you know, or, or the division, I, I guess that, you know, you could take a chance on him if you just throw – um, the Mets a prospect or two because I'm sure that you can't get much more than that for Jason Bay these days. No, definitely not. And speaking of uh, you know what, what's going on with the team, you look at Jose Reyes. I know you mentioned this last week, but hopefully this whole situation of him being injured will only help out the Mets because they they need all the help they can get to to resign him, sir. Yeah, I mean it, it'll make you definitely take like you said last week. It'll make you at least think twice about potentially sign this guy to a long-term deal because last couple of years he has been injured. And I don't know if you could actually th- – I, I think this injury has taken away a couple of years off his, his next contract. Like, instead of getting a seven-year deal, I think teams are going to want to offer him a five-year deal, DG, or even less, maybe a four- or five-year deal, instead of a, a seven- or eight-year deal. Well, I think I think the fact that um, Carl Crawford is injured – and he signed the type of contract that Reyes won. I think it helps the Mets because, you know, it shows you already these guys have their their entire game is in their legs, so let's not give them a monster contract. I think, you know, the best case, I mean, four years, give them four years, five years, and pay them and, and you know, bring them back. Definitely do that. I mean, 
the the question is going to become how much per year are you willing to spend on a, a Jose Reyes? Are you willing to go like eighteen, nineteen, or even like you know what I think he's going to be asking for is between twenty and twenty-two million dollars a year? I wouldn't give him twenty to twenty-two. I mean, I, I give him you know his fair market value, as it were. But I think you know eighteen would be good. I mean, he's obviously the best player on the team, and they haven't won with him. But you know, Mike always talks about like Francesco always talks about getting rid of the coal, the coal, the coal. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the core of the team. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes, Joe. Yep, and you know, let's not forget he hired Scott Boris, the money-hungry Scott Boris as his agent. So I think he's going to go after the most money, um, whatever team gives it to him. I, I don't think Jose Reyes, I don't think you'd hire Scott Boris to get you to a team that's contending and win a championship. I think he's all about the money now. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Mets can actually sign him, DJ. Well, uh, speaking of Scott Boris, you know who else has him as a, as a client now? Uh, A Rod? No, he's always uh, been with him. No, K Rod now has him as a client as well. Or he he's oh a, really? Yeah, he's <laughs> with uh, with Boris now, and that's that's not a good thing, sir. Definitely not. Um, so you think um, in terms of just you know we're at the All Star break, you think that there's any uh, any you got any notes or nuggets about the base any baseball teams or just baseball in general? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see where this whole situation goes. We'll see how the Mets turn out. We'll see how the Yankees turn out, where they go. It's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see that the Red Sox are still playing well. The Yankees obviously are, are, are winning games left and right. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this season turns out. I think that the Phillies are probably going to win the NL. And I still pick the Phillies and the Sox like I did at the beginning of the year. But, you know, we'll see what happens, sir. I mean, if you look at the National League, there's not uh, not too many teams uh, looking too good, sir. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the prediction was a uh, pretty obvious one, I think, you know, with the Phillies and Red Sox, um, maybe the Yankees, but I don't think they have enough pitching to get there, and uh, who knows what kind of trades they'll make before the deadline. But you're right. Um, that's a safe bet that those two teams will be meeting the World Series based on their pitching. So, you know, we've got a long way to go still. Injuries do happen, and certain, you know, trades do happen, too. So we'll see what, where we go with that. So why don't we just uh, move on from sports to sports entertainment. Well, DJ. wait, sir, before you, uh, before you get into that, let me just say, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm looking at the National League here. Right now, the Mets are one of only, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. There's seven teams in the National League out of the 16 teams that are over 500. There's one team at 500, and that's the Washington Nationals, amazingly enough. But the Mets are one of only 16, uh, 17 that is over 500. That, that That's pathetic. It's an absolute disgrace of a league. And, you know, on my last note, I just want to throw this out there, sir. Did you know that the Philadelphia Phillies are the first team since our special team, the 1986 New York Metropolitans, to have at least three starting pitchers with nine wins by the All-Star break and under uh, three ERA, sir? And the New York Mets had four of those. Wasn't it PG at the beginning of the season, me and you discussing, I think, with Mr. Melusis about comparing this staff to the 86 staff? Absolutely. We were talking about that, and uh, you know what? We were right. As always, Pure Gold knows the deal. We know what we are talking about. And uh, we did talk about that. We, we mentioned that. We, I think we talked about Evan, too. We talked about how this uh, this team, this staff is just a uh, – Seems like a staff for the ages, and looks like uh, looks like we're right, sir. As usual. So uh, let's move on to some sports entertainment. Did you uh, last night? I didn't think I'd be watching Raw last night, 
but I, I got hooked from the beginning, you know, especially with Punk coming out with a megaphone. So, uh, DJ, did you catch any Raw so we could discuss it a little bit? Oh, sir, you know that I did. Um, you know, last night's Raw was actually pretty good. I watched it live, and, you know, lately I've been more into Raw due to, of course, the whole CM Punk thing. You know, his two promos last night that, again, bookended the show were amazing. But uh, let me ask you this, Joe. Let's see if you agree with me on this. I think the only sour note in this whole feud, really the, the entire feud, is the fact that, I mean, Punk had a great promo, him and Cena going back and forth. And Cena, let me just commend John. He has been great in this feud. He's been talking it up. He's been doing a great job on the microphone. He got a little over the top last night, which is kind of annoying. But you know what? That whole nonsense about Punk basically calling Cena the Yankees and then Cena kind of smacked him like a little girl, to me that was stupid. It made no sense because, all right, they were in Boston, which is Cena's hometown, but it's like Punk was trying to get himself some cheap heat from the audience, and it clearly wasn't working because the audience was very into him and screaming and chanting his name. So. Yeah, I mean, I see your point there. Um and obviously, definitely, maybe, you know what my favorite part of that whole promo in the beginning was. Do you not? What would that be, sir? <laughs> <laughs> that would be when he said that when he wins that title, he's going to change that belt because it makes him sick. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, the etching and, and how, how crappy the title looks. And he's absolutely right. I would love to see Punk. This is my dream scenario. Punk wins the title. He leaves. And then goes to defend it on the indie circuits, but he shows up at like ROH or something and throws the WWE title in the garbage, and then whips out a brand new title because that thing, sir, is a joke and it is an absolute disgrace, and I hate it, and it can go to hell. <laughs> You're absolutely go right. Go to hell. <laughs> that is what I think. As a matter of fact, this is a, is what I think about the WWE title. Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. Keep me out. Gone. Finito. That, sir, finito, get the hell out. That's all I can say. Which brings us to this Sunday, which is a pay-per-view. And, DG, I mean, I'll be honest with you, we've been pretty harsh and we've been pretty negative on the WWE, but I think rightfully so. But now to actually consider and probably buying a non-Big Four pay-per-view, you know, this is a July pay-per-view called Money in the Bank. I mean, I think it's just crazy to think that, you know, who would have ever thought that we would think about, and now we're actually going to buy the Money in the Bank pay-per-view match this Sunday? Um, I don't know. I, I tell you, it's amazing that, you know, this feud has been that good that it's allowed us to get to the, in this point. We're interested. We're excited. We're actually, you know, semi-pumped up about this whole thing. And I believe that – I think it's going to be worth it. I think that – all right, you know, I was looking at CSR this week uh, or last week. They were talking about it didn't seem like a super strong card, but you've got two Money in the Bank title matches, which are going to be spot on. You've got the WWE title matches, what everybody is looking forward to. And, of course, the Punk, uh, I'm not sorry, Orton and, uh, and Christian match, which should be a good match because they put on a good feud and, you know, had several good matches together. You're talking the top four matches are going to be, you know, excellent quality. You know, Punk will carry Cena and, uh, and Christian will carry Orton. So you're talking, you know, excellent you're going to have a lot of spots. You're going to have high flying from Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston. You know, it, it's it's going to be an excellent pay-per-view, I believe, and it's absolutely going to be worth the money. And, you know, my prediction, unfortunately, still stands where Punk is going to win and then have Alberto Del Rio come out and beat him for the title so he won't walk out with it. I've read that uh, Vince and Punk are behind the scenes trying to get this uh, contract done. But, um, I mean, I tell you, I don't know how else to do it. Like I said, I'd love it. 
if he beats I can't see Punk losing, to be honest with you. I absolutely cannot see Punk losing this this uh match. Or would be cool, sir. This would be amazing if they could somehow pull this off. Would be to have Punk win the title and then have whoever wins the SmackDown uh money in the bank briefcase come out and challenge Punk and Punk actually win, you know, successfully defend it against him. And then you can have Alberto Del Rio come and then beat him for the title. I mean, to me, that would be uh, that'd be perfect, sir. Actually, you know what? That I mean, I don't know if you're saying the exact same thing that I'm thinking that you're saying, but can you imagine if Punk wins the title and then McMahon in the backstage orders the person that won the SmackDown match to go challenge for the title right there? Punk beats him, and then he forces whoever wins the Raw Money in the Bank match, I guess Alberto Del Rio, to go fight him. At the end, and and Punk wins that match. <laughs> How cool would well, that, that be? <laughs> that would be great. I can't imagine Punk winning three matches in one night, but it would be great to kind of put over his legacy, as it were, to have him, uh, you know, win the one and then maybe lose to the other, Alberto Del Rio. But I can't imagine. I mean, let, let's look at the SmackDown contestants for a second, sir. Um, yep. You know, you're, you're talking, you're talking for whatever reason they have the Nexus, or the former Nexus or the Core, or whatever the hell it's called. You got Wade Barrett. You got Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater. The one man scum hole. Um, you have Kane, who's probably not going to win. He won last. He won uh, last year, didn't he? He did. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, it was Kane and uh, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Miz, who won last year. You have Sin Cara, who's no way he's going to win. You have Daniel Bryan, no way he's going to win. And Cody Rhodes. The only two guys, well, I guess three guys that I could see winning this would be Sheamus, Cody, or uh, Barrett. I'd love to see Barrett win and then lose it to to Punk because that would perfectly go with the feud, the Nexus, and the core and everything else. Uh, that that to me would be great, sir. Absolutely extravagant. Um, and then of course with it, that, that's the weaker of the two matches. But just the fact that you're gonna have Justin Gabriel in there doing his uh, 450 splash and all kinds of other stuff, Kane. I, I think it's gonna be exciting. The Raw side, you've got Rey Mysterio. You know, you've got Evan Bourne, who's going to hit, like, 20 shooting star presses. you got Alex Riley, Kofi Kingston, who will probably do the boot drop of a 50-foot ladder through the table and then die. Um, you got Alberto <laughs> Del Rio, who's got to be the odds-on favorite to win this one. you got R-Truth, who's got to be the odds-on favorite to mug somebody during this match. You've got ja- Jack Asawaga. My wife was looking at him yesterday, and she's like, he's weird. He looks weird. I don't like him. <laughs> But aside from that, you also have uh, The Miz, Mike Mizanin, who already won. He's not going to win. No chance in hell does he win. So to me, with SmackDown, you've only got, you know, you've probably only got three viable winners, which would be, uh, again, Wade, who probably won't win. I doubt I'd give him a 10% chance of winning. Cody, 20, you know, maybe 20% chance. And Sheamus at like 50%. That, that's my opinion. And then a Raw, you know, you've got Alberto Del Rio, who's got to be the odds on favorite to win. And the only other person I could see winning it is Alberto Del Rio. I can't imagine any of the other seven guys winning the title. If R-Truth won, they probably would have him somehow win the title, right? And then, you know, they'd show a vignette of him on the street selling it, you know, selling it on the corner and, you know, trying to make some money to buy some new pants or something, buy a new car. But but you're right. I mean, if R-Truth did win it, I, I could see him definitely wanting to cash in on that title match right away, and I could see, you know, Punk retaining... The only thing that DG would turn me off from this whole angle, and you haven't discussed it at all, is that what if, like, you know, McMahon somehow joins up with Cena and makes sure that Cena wins the title? Like, uh, some type of, like, he puts him in, like, Cena puts Punk into some kind of STFU, 
and then you have McMahon ring the bell right away before he even taps out. That would be good. I, you know, I mean, I don't want to see a screw job, but to see Cena and McMahon align, that would be great, sir. I would absolutely love that to see and to have. That's the only way I would have. I would like to see. Obviously, I gave you my prediction. I'd love Punk to win, which has to happen, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe lose to Alberto Del Rio that same night. But ideally, I'd have Punk win, then go defend it on the indie circuit, you know, just to see, and then of course have Vince stop no call at all costs to get the title back. Maybe even join up with Cena in that vein, and then bring him back and, and win the title. Um, hopefully, getting rid of the spinner belt. But most likely what's going to happen is that Punk will win and then lose to Alberto Del Rio the same night. But your situation, that's the only way I'd, I'd like to see Punk not win at all, is have Cena go heel, full fledged and join Vince. That would be interesting, sir. That would definitely be. And uh, how, I mean, we discussed it yesterday, but how cool was it that they were in Boston, Cena's hometown, and now that's what, I, I think the three hottest crowds, I mean, they've hit two out of three, because now the pay-per-view is in Chicago, which is Punk's hometown, another hot crowd. I think that this pay-per-view is good on itself, but now with the a hot, a hot crowd, you really, you know, it really adds something to it. I absolutely agree. I think it's going to be an exciting pay-per-view. It's going to be an exciting night. And, you know, I'm uh, definitely uh, excited about that, sir. We'll we'll see where that whole uh, situation goes. But, uh, you know, Joe, let's uh, let's pause for a second. It looks like we have a, a caller on the line, and our call screener is not with us this evening, so we're just going to hit it live, Pure Gold style. Uh, five seven zero. You are live and on the air with Pure Gold. Who's this? Hello. Oh, looks like the uh, <laughs> it looks like the caller got nervous. My uh, manly voice must have intimidated him or her. Um, anyway, Joe, uh, <laughs> it looks like we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have quite the uh, quite the pay per view. And you know, I'm hoping that you'll be able to show up and we'll be able to to make this happen. So if Pyro's around, of course, we have to. Uh, get Pyro involved as well, but this, I honestly think this may be the one time that it's worth it to order a, a WWE paper that's not one of the big four. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the matches are solid. The one thing I must say about you picking um, Albert Del Rio to win the, the Raw one is that he basically got the upper hand on Monday Night Raw last night, and usually when somebody gets the upper hand on all the contestants, like he was laying out everybody with that ladder, I, I'm not sh- I'm not 100% sold that that Del Rio is going to win the money in the bank now. But who would win out of that group? Who do you honestly think would win? Um, I, I, I like I said, I mean they could go the really cheap route and have R Truth somehow win it, and then he goes to cash it in, you know, the same night and then loses. So that that could possibly happen. They could set up where like the the, the first time ever that somebody cashes in the same night and then loses. That would be great, sir. I mean, it would be absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, we'll see what happens from, you know, we'll, we'll definitely dissect Money in the Bank on next Tuesday. Is there uh, any other wrestling nuggets you got for us? Um, No, I think that uh, I think that we've pretty much uh, finished that part of the show out, sir. I don't I don't see what else, you know, without uh, any callers and whatnot, I don't see what else we could uh, dissect, sir. All right, I mean... I got a couple of nuggets if you want to go through some uh, PG nuggets. Um. All right, sir. Shoot. I. I mean, for Father's Day, let me let me start off by saying that I would never buy a ticket to this. But for Father's Day, I was by my brother-in-law Vito was given tickets to an MLS and yes, DG that is stands for Major League Soccer. I actually went to a soccer game 
Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> and let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. The um, they're called the New York Red Bulls, and I, I again I never understood how they called a team New York Red Bulls when this team basically plays in Harrison, New Jersey. So. The, the stadium, the actual soccer stadium is in Harrison, New Jersey. It's a nice little stadium that fits about 25,000 people. But, DG, the thing that I want to just mention to you about this soccer game is that New York Red Bulls were playing D.C. United, and I know you don't have no idea what these teams are, but there's no – I'm, I'm not even lying. be surprised. I do know quite a few of the uh, major league soccer teams like the L.A. Galaxy. And you mentioned already that the Red Bulls, they used to be the uh, New York, New Jersey Metro Stars and uh, – like my yep. nephew is huge, huge soccer fan, and he loves soccer, so I know a bit about it. Okay, but DC United came into play our New York Red Bulls in Harrison, New Jersey, and let me tell you, it is a spectacle like no other sport that I've really seen in person. Basically, the fans of DC United, and there is a, a good fan base for this team, got off the train because they take the they took the train into Harrison, and they were chanting. From the time they got off the train to all the way, like there, it was like a parade. DJ, I cannot explain to you how they were chanting the whole time from the walk from the the train station to the stadium, and then when they got inside the stadium, they would not shut up the entire game. They were either clapping, they were either doing some kind of soccer chants. It was just so amazing to see that, and then to see on the opposite side the New York Red Bull fans doing their chanting for the whole game. I mean. Baseball fans are 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 nothing compared to soccer fans. These people are chanting like it's the World Cup. This is Major League Soccer, folks. It's not like, you know, the best of the best soccer. This is an American League version of a soccer league, which, again, does not compare to, like, the Italian League, the, the Spanish League, the Portuguese League. I mean, it doesn't compare at all. We have Major League Soccer. Yes, we do. But it is not nothing like what we have in across the sea. So DG, I mean, I, I went to the game and I was utterly impressed in terms of how the fans really got into it. I mean, I even started to get into it at the end. The game was one nothing. We lost one nothing. DC scored late in the game, but um, the fans are off the hook. I don't even know if you have you ever been to a soccer game. No, I've actually never been to a soccer game. It's uh, that's on my bucket list. One of the things I want to do before I kick the bucket in 150 years. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, what can I say? So I'm not a soccer fan, so I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go nuts over it. But it would be kind of cool to go to a soccer game. I always thought that – I've driven by the stadium many times, so I've always wanted to check it out. You know, we talked about the stadium over for the Patriots, you know, the way that bad boy is set up. So that that's a nice little park. But uh, I absolutely would like to, to check out a game one day. And, you know, it's just hard for me to get into soccer because, you know, Puerto Rican Puerto Ricans don't like soccer. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean – the one thing I must say is that this is a uh, a good segue into talking about like um, you know soccer is that uh, if you're a sports fan in general, I mean there's not a lot of people that follow the World Cup, especially if it's a women's World Cup. Um, there's not that many people, but I have been following it because you know I think the U.S. team has a good team pretty much every time they're in the World Cup. So um, there was a game this past Saturday, no, this past Sunday, the United States took on Brazil. And uh, DG, I mean, I was pretty pretty much broadcasting the game to you because I know you weren't watching at the time, but this game had everything from drama to disbelief to anger to, oh, my God, what is the referee thinking? You basically had U.S. taking on Brazil, and the U.S. 
score within the first two minutes of the game, and there's actually a redirect where Brazil actually scored on themselves. But, you know, the U.S. scored a goal, so they were up one nothing. And what happened was in the second half, the U.S. had a chance to make it 2 nothing, hit the crossbar on a header, which would have pretty much put the game away. But what happened was Brazil fought back, and there was a penalty. When What happens is if you, you don't follow you know, soccer that much, when you get fouled, Inside a uh, inside the the um, within like 30 yards of the, the the goal, you get a penalty kick. So what happened was Brazil was awarded a penalty kick on a foul. Not only were they awarded a penalty kick, but the referee decided to throw the one player on the United States out of the game because the foul was so harsh. Usually you get two yellow cards, and after you get your second yellow card, it becomes a red card, and you're thrown out of the game. So now the United States is down one player, and they're also getting a penalty kick against them. So U.S. Right. is ready. <laughs> so Brazil is ready to take the penalty kick, and guess what? The United States goalie Hope Solo, her last name, first name would be Solo Hope, actually makes a great save. Referee Amazing. Decides, <laughs> the referee decides that because she she moved her feet before the kick was taken, there'd be a re-kick. So Brazil all of a sudden gets a second shot to tie the game, which they do, and they also then, you know, are up one man for the rest of the game. So the game actually goes into overtime. U.S. goes down 2-1 to one in the first overtime. Yeah, because they This split segment the, is going into overtime. <laughs> they split the game into two overtimes. But basically, Brazil scores and makes it 2-1. to one, And no lie, DG, this is, the, this is the kicker right here. In the second half of the overtime, the United States are down to the last minute. But Brazil, the cheap little sissy babies that they are, Every time the U.S. got next to the ball, they would fall down and pretend they got injured. And what happens is, at the end of oh every God. soccer game... And I what want happens to fall down and pretend that I'm injured right now. At the end of every soccer game, there's something that's called injury time. Because of this one player that Brazil faked an injury, for like they were awarded an extra two minutes of injury time. The United States scored with about a minute left in the game, was able to force penalty kicks, and was able to win the game. DG, I know you're not a sports fan, uh, not a soccer fan, especially for women's soccer. But if you're just a sports fan, that was one of the best games in terms of drama, in terms of you know being upset, being happy. It was just amazing. They go on to play tomorrow. They play France in the semifinals, and then hopefully they play in the finals on Saturday against the winner of Japan and Sweden. Yeah, hopefully uh, this is the finals of this whole soccer talk because you are making me want to vomit. The fact that you had to go into complete and utter explanation makes me want to puke. I mean, for those for those people who are sports fans, I mean, excuse me, for those people who are soccer fans, that's that's all well and good. But uh, you know, here I'm pure girl. I couldn't give a crap about soccer. And uh, you know, I'm glad that you had fun. I'm glad that Han Solo or whatever her name is, uh, you know, got the took out a lightsaber and and smashed the uh, the ball in half. So uh, you know. Maybe the Millennium Falcon and Chewbacca were on hand, because that's pretty much all I know about soccer, sir. We could definitely move away from soccer as you forward me a great picture of this poster. I mean, let's let's talk some entertainment. I'm going to let you leave the segment, because I like this poster. Oh, oh more good. soccer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> more soccer. It's not going to go to hell. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, definitely not. But, uh, but <laughs> aside from that, sir, man, you know, I, I got people – I got Pyro over here talking to me. Uh, you know how you're on a tear, and he didn't hop on today because, uh, I don't know, I think it's dog died or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, he's talking to me about you being on a tear, and I'm telling him how, you know, I, I'm tearing up right now because it's just so awful. But something that's not awful 
It's a Dark Knight Rises, although I hate the title. Excited about this little uh, teaser poster. And, uh, you know, speaking of all things, uh, all things, uh, you know, sports and, and entertainment and movies and entertainment, um, you know, that that's definitely going to be an exciting film, sir. It's going to be uh, an A-bomb from A-Rod, as it were. Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to it. And I know you're not a big fan of um, the Harry Potter movie that's coming out this wait, Friday, wait, wait. which is... Did you just say yeah. Harry Potter or Harry Potter? Oh, Harry, sorry. <laughs> well, the Harry Potter movie, the final movie, the final installment of Harry Potter, see if he, the guy actually dies or not, or if he ends up killing Voldemort. But that that's beyond beyond the point. I also it, heard folks... Sir, God, isn't yeah. Harry like 35? The, the guy... Uh, Dan, first of all, I read that Daniel Radcliffe is... Uh, what's the word? He's um having issues with drugs or something like that, or he's having issues with... Uh, with alcohol, you know, this guy plays like, I think Harry's supposed to be like 12 or something, and uh, apparently, you know, the actor's having some, some drug problems, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's up with that, but, uh, you know, let, let, let's uh, let's continue to talk about Barry Potter, sir. <laughs> so anyway, I know you're not a big fan of Harry Potter, but I must say that the, um, you know, oh, by the way, before I do get into that nugget, though, let's not forget that, <laughs> let's not forget that Christian Bale has anger management problems. So, yeah, but Christian Bale is a great actor, and Barry Potter <laughs> is a tool. So let's not even. Let's, you know, as a matter of fact, I heard they're going to relaunch this the movie series and call it Barry Potter instead. Um, <laughs> I don't know who Howie Potter is or Barry Potter, but you said you were mentioning something. Aren't these movies like five hours long, by the way? And this is uh what is this? Uh, Harry Potter goes to rehab part fifteen because I mean they've made about twenty four of these movies, sir. I really can't believe how much you hate this the series. I mean, I I I, I pretty much watch every movie yeah. in the book. That, that's what <laughs> I think you. about him. And you know what I think about Harry Potter? I like turtles. That's what I think <laughs> about Harry Potter. You know, did you you should spend the money just to to for the fact that they're going to play a three minute and thirty second preview of The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, that alone makes me want to go watch this movie even more now. I mean, I gotta see anything about The Dark Knight Rises. I agree, the title's not that great, DG. But the fact that this is the third installment and the last installment of the Christian Nolan Batman version, I cannot wait. Yeah, I cannot wait. Speaking of somebody who cannot wait, let me let me put Hans on the line. Uh, Hans, what do you think about Barry Potter and the the horrible Hallows or whatever the hell you know Part Twenty Six? What do you think about that, sir? I I love the series. I read some of the books, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Harold Potter. As he's called well, in his later years. Well, of course, because he's, he's got to be about 20. I think Daniel Radcliffe is older than I am. I mean, come on, this kid's in rehab. He's doing, you know, I think he was doing some crazy stuff on Broadway, like one-man show or something. You know, uh, I don't know what's up with him, but there, there's something up with her. I think that I think that the, the, the fact that he's made so many movies, the same character, this has got to be part 17, I think. You know, I exaggerate a bit, but this is like the Jason series. This guy never dies. You know, Jason X, Harry Potter X, that's coming up next. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Harry Potter can go to hell as far as I'm concerned, which is where he belongs, by the way. I think that's where he ends up at the end of the movie. <laughs> well, he, he ends up dead, or who knows what else. He probably ends up fighting Voldemort. He defeats Voldemort, and he thinks he's won the war. But all of a sudden, out of the darkness of darkness of hell is Pete Ross. And then Pete Ross is the guy that actually <laughs> kills him. And then he wins. DG and, and Hans goes crazy and says, Pete Ross 
is your new heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a Sounds good like an there. awesome ending. I love it. I know. <laughs> you know, I bet. Um, you know let, let me just, let me just uh, throw this nugget at you here. I never thought we'd be talking about Barry Potter on this show, but Pyro just mentioned to me that apparently the Harry Potter universe isn't done, and J.K. Rowling, who is the author of the book, um, is launching an online game type of thing called Pottermore, which sounds awful, by the way. And it's going to let players go to Hogwarts and cast spells on each other and, you know, send each other straight to the pits of hell because, you know what, that's where, again, that's where the series belongs. And Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, Daniel Radcliffe, who was naked on Broadway, by the way, as I was told by one of our fans on uh, on the Pure Gold Facebook, he can stick it. And that's all I have to say about that. But anyway, Hans, uh, you know, <laughs> let's move on to some other things here because there's no way that I think it's worth going to see a 17-hour movie just for three minutes. For the Dark Knight, talk to us, sir. Let's talk about entertainment. Give us some uh, your take on a couple of movies I believe that we saw recently. Well, the latest movie we just finished watching was uh, Zookeeper, which took me by surprise. Actually, I thought where, the movie was going just. What's that? That it took you by surprise. Where exactly did it take you? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> What kind of moronic question is that? Well, I, I think your response is moronic. You're sitting there just complete and utter silence for like five minutes. I mean, enough, enough. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Yeah, Zookeeper, it took you to, to the bathroom or something. What, what did you think about the movie, sir? I thought it, it, it wasn't funny throughout the movie, but it had its moments where I could not stop laughing. And you were there. You saw me. Oh, I, I was. I choked on my popcorn. <laughs> I, I couldn't stuff. handle it. Good stuff, sir. I have to admit, as uh, you know, I'm getting comments here on the Pure Gold Facebook. You're not exactly a fast thinker, but uh, you know, let's move on from that. Um, the movie was hilarious. I thought, you know, I know you were cracking it up like uh, like there's no tomorrow, uh, hammer thumbs. But uh, it, it was some good stuff. I have to admit, I was surprised. And I believe the movie before that was um, Transformers Three. Yeah, what did you think about Transformers 3 as Joe goes into a coma still thinking about Han Solo or Hope Solo, whatever the hell her name is, with that amazing uh, goal that she blocked yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was an all right movie. It was action-packed. You know what, as a matter of fact, I'm going to hang up on you. Thank you for calling in, sir. How how the hell are you going to come on this show and disgrace me, disgrace my family, disgrace my cat and everything else that Pure Gold stands for and tell me that Transformers 3 was an all right movie? You, sir, are are a buffoon. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. No, seriously, (laughs) what did you think about the movie? Seriously, it was all right. God, oh, this is bad. Sir, was it better than part two? Tell me that much. It was, yeah, it was better than part two, but not better than part one. Uh, you know, that's debatable. What did you think about Optimus Prime disappearing for like 45 minutes in the middle of the movie? And that that right there is why the movie was all right. There was caps where there was no Transformers in sight. Like, 20 minutes would pass by, and the humans are battling these big machines, and there's not a Transformer helping them? Really? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it was, as the men would say, really? Really? I thought it was a great movie. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's Like you said, not better than part one, but better than part two. And uh, 
What I what I don't understand, and maybe Joe can help me on this one. I, I love first of all, I love the fact that it's in Chicago because I thought Batman was going to show up and take them down, but I guess uh, you know Christian Bale was was busy uh, you know in uh, in anger management, so he couldn't help <laughs> out. But um, the fact that there's like nine Autobots against, I think they said somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred Decepticons. I, I yeah. don't know how that works, sir, but that was <laughs> that was interesting. It really was. It's just amazing that nine, and two of them were worthless. They really didn't do anything. So it was really seven, and by the time they started battling the the Decepticons, they were down to like five. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they they killed off so, a well-known Autobot, but I'm not going to get into that or say who that was. Was this movie a long one? Oh, my God, was it long? Hans, it was close almost to three hours. hours long. Holy crap! <laughs> this this is like Barry Potter on crack. I mean, three hours is absolutely it's out of control, sir. Out of control. It really so was. You tell me, so you tell me when the Dark Knight Rises is going to be three hours plus? You're going to go nuts? <laughs> well, I actually think this, this is my idea. I think that the Dark Knight Rises should be about six hours long. And they should have a break in between, you know, the first act and the second act. Because there's so much stuff they need to cram in. They need to cram in Robin. They need to cram in Catwoman. They need to cram in Bane. They need to cram in, you know, um, the alternate version of Batman. They need to cram in his son. If they're going to break his back, they got to have Nightwing in there. they got to have the they got to have all these characters in. So the first three hours is setting up. So it's basically Batman and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. And then Batman and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, and the Dark Knight Rises, and then the Dark Knight Falls. So you're talking a six-hour slop fest, and you got to sit there, and you got to pay about 50 bucks to watch it, but it'll be so good. And once the once the movie prices are, you know, you're adjusted for inflation, it'll be the highest-grossing movie of all time with about a quarter as many tickets sold because the tickets are so expensive. What do you guys think about that? I think you've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. But Hans, uh, what do you think, sir? Are you uh, are you excited about this? Uh, as uh, you know, I gotta give a special shout out to uh, Kristen, who is on our Pure Gold Facebook, dropping it like it's hot, commenting left and right. Um, Hans, if you were to give us a thumbs up, Pure Gold, you know, whatever you want to call it, what would you give this uh, Transformer, sir? I would give it two and a half PGs. Two and a half, man. You suck. You know, I should fire your sloppy butt, too, because you and Todd absolutely suck. But aside from that, um, <laughs> what do you back, give it? I give it. What are I you give giving it, it? I give it four Harry Potters. I mean, this was absolutely, no, four Get Magic Wands. out of your mind, four this Harry thing, Potters. The four, it was four Deathly Hallows and four Magic Wands because this movie was an absolute <laughs> slobber knocker. All right, now, let's, let's get serious for a second. I liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, what I didn't like about it was, I mean, Megan Fox can't act, let's be honest here. Joe, you know what I'm talking about. You absolutely know the deal with that. But this this woman, Rose, Rosie something, Huntington Whitley, she was awful. And I understand that she's, uh, you know, Victoria's Secret Metal, but she looked like a foot taller than Shia LaBeouf. And to me, that just ruined the whole thing. It was like he was her boy toy, and that was, like, just weird. Oh, but they did make it out to seem like that. Throughout the movie, she kept saying how he's just her boy toy. I didn't like it, to be honest with you. I absolutely did not. I didn't like that aspect of it. 
Um, but if, she was terrible. She was worse than Megan Fox. But, um, you know, other than that, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it had its action points. You know, it's the last one in the series, so we think. I think the one thing that always bothered me, and I know Joe's dying to get in on this one, is the fact that the Transformers are never really easy to be distinguished. You know, you have a guy like Mirage who was in this movie, who was red, should have been blue, like the cartoon. I, I don't want to get into that because this is going to turn into another Pete Ross situation. But oh. what it had to do was give them a specific color, like in the cartoon, like Ironhead could have been red, so you can distinguish him from the other three black trucks. And all the Decepticons are the same color, so... I don't know about you, Hans, but it gets kind of confusing watching all these silver monstrosities on the on the television at the same time. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a bit confusing. They they should have color coded them at least to distinguish some of them apart, or the main villains apart from all the regular ones, because they all looked alike. And the only time you knew who was who is when they said their names. And I, I believe there was only. Well, about a handful of them that actually had names throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the only the only Autobots you could really tell apart. I mean, Ratchet you could tell, but he, I don't even think he had a line in the movie. For the most part, it was Optimus and Bumblebee, and uh, everybody else pretty much, uh, you know, disappeared. I mean, I liked. I again, I liked the movie and I thought it was good. But uh, you know, let's move on to uh, to something else, sir, if we can for a minute, considering that this is uh, this is probably again the last movie in the series. Uh, Getting back to Zookeeper, um, you know, give me your take on that. You think would you give it a? Would you say it's worth it to go watch this movie? Because I, it was a PG movie, as we like to do, you know, PG style, literally PG. I thought it was worth it, sir. I think it, it was well worth the money. Uh, like I said, it wasn't funny throughout the film, but the moment that it w- it was funny, it was hilarious, and it was it's a family flick, so you know, PG. It was good. Um, I would definitely go watch it again if given the chance. Which you probably have the chance, Joe. Uh, you have any? Uh, I know you don't really go to the movies much since uh, you're on house arrest. But uh, what did you? What do you think about the prospect of going to see either Transformers or the Zookeeper? Or are you waiting for Harry Potter Zookeeper to come out? I am waiting for Harry Potter Zookeeper. Like I told you, I want to see the Dark Knight Rises preview, and I will not reveal anything about that until you beg and plead. And, you know, throw Pete Ross in my face 500 times because that or, is going to be a good movie. Or until I see it on YouTube when it comes out, <laughs> like two days after Harry Potter 12 comes out. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, guys. I mean, how may, how fast do you think they're going to reboot the Transformers? <laughs> Actually, I heard that next week the uh, the new remake is coming out, and it's called uh, Transformers uh, Return to Cybertron. I- I'm not sure... That's pretty much unconfirmed rumors and unsubstantiated, and I just made that up. But I've heard that they'll be out um, possibly by the end of the summer. I mean, I know DG hates it. How about you, Hans? Do you do you like the fact when oh. there's like four or five movies in a series? I mean, after like you know, like a Spider-Man after part two, I mean, it started going downhill pretty fast. Well, you know, it it all depends when the movie comes out, the quality of the film. It if it's better than the last one which they could make a stick figure cartoon of Spider-Man and it'll be better than part three. <laughs> right. I mean, let's be honest, that movie sucked. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually surprised at how bad that movie was, to be quite honest with you, sir. They, yeah. they really hit the ball on that. But I'm not a fan of remaking after only a year. 
I mean, give it some time. Let it like go away years. from our memories. Who's who's re, who's rebooting the Batman series again? Who's rebooting? Tim Burton's going to do it again. Put some it, nipples it, it, on uh, people's costumes, maybe. Well, no, that was uh, that was actually uh, Joe Schumacher. You know, I went to Walmart oh, okay. today. Uh, you know, make this really about sports life and everything in between. I was at Walmart today and I saw the Batman movie collection, the first four, not the last one, for thirteen bucks. Yeah, on DVD. Uh, thirteen bucks and they're all together. My wife was like, "Oh, you gotta buy this. This is a steal." And I thought about it. And I was like, "You know what? Go to hell." Not to her, but to Batman, because the last <laughs> two movies were so terrible. I was like, "I don't even want that crap in my movie collection. You can give it to me for free." And I'd rather go watch Barry Potter than, than watch that crap. That's all I got to say about that. I don't know. You're a big sci-fi guy, but hey, Harry Potter. Uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense how you could hate Harry Potter. Uh, well, obviously, you're in love with him. It looks like you've seen his, uh, his naked one-man shows on Broadway. Um, I just can't. I can't get into that. You know, it's just wizards and warlocks, and you know, Voldemort, and you know, I don't know. Magneto was in that movie. I forget it. You know, whatever his name is. Is it not real yeah. enough for you? It's not. You know. It's like if I, I don't want to watch Cowboys versus Aliens because let's be honest, Aliens and Cowboys can't exist at the same time, right? Chris, that's all I got to say about that. Because you know, check this out, Joe. What do you think about this? We're, so in between, not in between cracking up the entire uh, you know Zookeeper movie, pretty much. Um, you know, Hans and I were talking about someone who shall remain nameless, and he said that he he doesn't want to go see Cowboys versus Aliens. It actually looks really good. Because it just wasn't uh, realistic enough. But last time I checked, uh, Transformers is not the slightest bit realistic, and neither is Spider-Man, and neither is uh, you know Captain America, which also looks sweet. If you know what I'm talking about, there. Definitely do. I mean, Captain America, I think, is a movie that I'd rather go watch over like a Green Lantern. That's for sure. Um, I have no interest in, in certain uh, characters or certain comics like them. But Captain America, I think they've really done well. Um, but DG, again, I think it was last year that we went to go watch G.I. Joe, and uh, that was pretty bad. Oh, it was, but it was free, so I don't give a crap. I'd go watch it again at that price. It was absolutely not worth the the, you know, the paper that it was printed on, and it was terrible. But I actually heard there's a second movie coming out, which possibly might be worse than the first, if that's possible. But the only good thing about that movie is that my favorite Joe ever, Flint, is going to be in it, and uh, Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, a.k.a. CM Punk's best friend, it's going to be Roadblock, um, and that's great, too, because that's another original G.I. Joe. So I'm looking forward to how bad that's going to be, sir. Definitely. I mean, Hans, is there any other movies that you could tell us that are are heading towards the big screen? Well, we already know The Dark Knight and mm-hmm. the rumor mill with that. Or what it's about is banana sandwich. They, they keep saying that Bane <laughs> is going to break Batman's back. Batman's going to do this. They're going to reboot the series two months after it ends with a new director and new actors. There might be a hint to Robin. Who knows with that movie, but I'm excited for that. Superman is coming out, as we all know, a few months after Batman, or actually six months after Batman. Uh, They're slated for December 2012 because of all the legal issues that surround Superman, so they need to to release that before the end of next year. So that one's already in pre-production, and I've already 
the cast seems amazing. And as I read about the other actors that are going to be in it, who are portraying um, Jarrell and his mother, and they're adding some other villains in there. I mean, who knows that? It's looking pretty good right now. DG? Oh, sorry. I was over here uh, tweeting and text messaging people. I'm sorry. You were talking about what? You were talking about Harry Potter again? (laughs) No. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're right. Harry Potter, Man of Steel. (laughs) That that would be a great movie that I'd go see, as long as Daniel Radcliffe has clothes on. But aside from that, um, I think that you're right. Batman, Superman, whatever the hell movie you were talking about, it's going to be good. Um, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, you know, Henry Cavill, uh, Brandon Routh, Tom Welling, uh, Erica Durant, all those actors are going to make it uh, quite a movie, I must admit. Thanks, CG. <laughs> <laughs> but Hans, listen, uh, as always, we we appreciate you uh, calling in. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Yours, of course. And uh, we, we definitely thank you for calling in, sir. And, of course, you... Pe- Feel free to call at any time so we could talk some more about Zookeeper or Transformers and not about that other movie with Wizards. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, and by the way, Hans, uh, I don't know if you're still there, but uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, that's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, sir. <laughs> you too. Folks, that was the one and only, the incomparable Sugar Hans, who, uh, of course, as always, uh, you know, the pleasure was all his of having him on. You know, we, uh, I have to say, sir, this has been quite a good show. Um, you know, we've talked Mets, we've talked Yankees, we've talked quite a few, you know, different things. We've talked some entertainment, you know, I'm getting people uh, messaging me on uh, Facebook and, you know, trying to keep between that and this and just trying to get the fans in there. You know, we're waiting for, uh, waiting for Kristen to call in so she can talk about the Mets and how much she uh, she wants to marry David Wright. But aside from that, sir, uh, you know, what else uh, What else do we talk about? I mean, I'm pretty much out. I wish Kristen would stop Facebooking you and just call so we could talk to her. I mean, it'd be nice to, uh, you know, get somebody else's take on certain things. I, I absolutely, positively agree with that, sir. Um, I know you mentioned soccer earlier, and I was, I was catching hell for that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of different things going on in the world of pure gold. Sir, you know, since we're uh, – before we move on from anything else, uh, the National League actually uh, won against so us two years in a row. Nice to see the NL finally getting off their A to that double crooked letter. They won 5-1, uh, to one, which is nice. And, uh, you know, looks like the Mets are going to be uh, the home field – home team for the uh, – <laughs> they're going to be right. home, home field for the uh, AAA World Series there. Yeah, I'm sure the Phillies are excited about having the fact that game one with Roy Holiday is going to be in uh, Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> yeah, Citizens Bank Park, the Bam Box. They're going to love it with Roy Holiday. No hits there yeah. three, three different times in the same series. That should be fun. And, of course, uh, for us, that's going to be hell. But aside from that, sir, um, you know, before we move on to anything else, I'd like to let the audience know that we have some huge, and I mean huge, interviews coming up. And, of course, the call number, folks, if you'd like to call in, uh, as we always uh, you know, drop this one on you, 71, this is for Kristen, by the way, 714-364-4721. Um, the phone lines are open. We want to get some feedback here. Um, but aside from that, I know we had some callers earlier. I'm not sure if Dominic from Hicksville was on, but I believe that he was. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's just go there. 
and uh, you know our intern Kevin was on, but we couldn't get Kevin on either. Um, we're gonna have the one and only Miss USA 2010, Rima Baki. She's gonna be joining us next week, which should be some uh, some good stuff there, sir. So we're excited about that. She's gonna be with us at about 10 um, next week, and of course the week after, as uh, as we uh, were able to lock that one up today, the one and only Mike Baccaro. From the New York Post, from the, the great New York Post, a sports writer, covers most of the Yankees, and, you know, he drops the Mets in there on us, too. He will be joining us the following week, which would be the uh, 26th, so we're excited about our, our big interviews coming up, sir. It'll definitely be good to have those two big spots, and uh, also mention how we have moved from, you know, the Double H studio, now we're going to PP next week, Parsippany, and then finally we'll end up in Wally World for where we will be doing our PG show. So, uh, Sir DG, uh, it's a studio in motion, participating next week for a couple of weeks, and then wait, we'll wait, be wait. back in Wally World. Wait, did you, did you say we're going to PP? What, what the hell? Is, what, what are you talking about there? Uh, we'll be in participating next week. Okay, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here because we're not doing any of that Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> stuff here. Uh, yeah, right. excited about that. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, some things happened, some things changed. And we weren't uh, able to continue going over to the Connecticut School of uh, Broadcasting. And uh, you know, aside from that, though, you know, Flips is still the man. We're still we're still fans of his. Good guy. And of course, Marlo and uh, and her peeps out there, and the rest of them, Joey Laboots, and uh, you know, uh, Rusty Staub, and the rest of those guys over there, and Johnny O, and the, the guys who ordered pizza. Of course, gotta love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta love that, but yeah, we're gonna be uh, in, uh, in the new studio in Parsippany for a while, and uh, you know, excited about all this uh, the goings on in the, the pure gold world, sir. I'd have to say from uh, from top to bottom, this is definitely a definitely a good show, and I have Pyro over here harassing me about asking questions to um asking questions to Arima Faki next week if she wants to hang out with him and go to Ohio, and you know, things that are just totally inappropriate. So let's not even go there, uh, sir. She does have a, a resemblance to a Molina, doesn't she? Uh, I don't I don't know about a resemblance to Molina. They're both very beautiful women, and, uh, you know, my wife's not here, so I, I can say that. Um, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely beautiful, and uh, it should be interesting to have her on the show to hear what she has to say. You know, uh, I know she's a lifelong fan of Pure Gold, and I'm sure she reads Pyrosa articles on online also and rips him to shreds. <laughs> but it you should know. be interesting. Yes, sir? <laughs> I was going to say, while your wife's not listening, we should try to get Megan Moore onto the show as well. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, getting back to uh, getting back to the, the things at hand, the task at hand. Um, you know, we're, we're absolutely excited to have Rima joining us next week. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep trying to get the guests, folks. This show is all about you. It's all about the fans. Uh, you know, whether you're calling or you don't, we, we just want to make the show as entertaining as possible. We cover everything. And I know that for some people that might be a bit of a turnoff because we can't we don't stick to one thing necessarily, but when it's wrestling is the hot topic, boom, we'll just hit it off with some wrestling. When it's baseball, we'll go to baseball. I mean, today, look, for the first time ever, we spent like 30 minutes talking about the Yankees and talking about Derek Ajita and, uh, you know, whatnot. So, uh, you know, Pyro's over here telling me about Miss America, and I don't know what's going on with him. But uh, aside from that, you know, we, we had Todd, who had the greatest take ever. You know, we have to admit that Todd really brought it today. We had Hans who, you know, aside from a couple of brain farts, did a, did his usual good job of being as vague as possible when he talks <laughs> yep. about movies. 
I mean, that that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of movie review you want. Uh, what do you think of the movie? Well, you know, it was all right. <laughs> Not giving any details. You know, some stuff happened, and then it was over. <laughs> pretty much. That's it. DG. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> those are pretty much the uh, the movie reviews that we get from uh, from Mr. Han Solo. But, uh, sir, you know, let me ask you this. What do you think about this uh, once-a-week format? I know it's not ideal, but, you know, we've we've made some changes, as it were. We were hitting it off on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and now we're back to uh, we're back to just the one day a week. Well, we could definitely, you know, coming off the weekend, there's a lot of stuff that we could discuss. And if we're all going to be about sports life and everything in between, which, again, might turn off some people because we're not, you know, talking about one topic or one sport or whatever, um, I think it's a great opportunity for anybody and anybody to give us a call and just basically give us what, what's on their mind and just discuss with them. Because, again, if it's wrestling, call in while we're talking wrestling. If it's doing sports, call in while we're talking sports. If it's movies and Hans is giving you uh, his review, just uh, go take a crap and come back and listen to us. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm thinking about doing. You know, as a fact, I, I was going to do that for Todd's take, but since it was so good, I had to just uh, just stay on the line and check that out, sir. Definitely good. I mean, again, the format is good. Uh, we're going to have the show a lot longer. It's not going to be one hour anymore. We're hoping to make it an hour and a half to maybe two hours when we're in studio together. So uh, always looking to make things better, and the next two guests definitely will enhance our show, no doubt. Oh, absolutely, sir. We are We are excited. We are ready, and we want to make this happen, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, do we have a sponsor? Yeah, our uh, our sponsor today is the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I had a feeling you were going to go there. Oh, yeah. You have to know. And, of course, uh, you know, Flip and the rest of them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You know, Flip's the great guy. Uh, I just, you know what it is? I'm just giddy, sir. Now that we're trying to get this thing, you know, ready, we're trying to work out what's going to happen this weekend, of course, with uh, the Money in the Bank. If we're going to watch it, if you're going to use mother-in-law is an excuse or you know sabrina yeah i'm just waiting to see what excuse you come up with this week because you always have some type of lame-o i remember one week you went nuts on me because you hadn't seen your niece in like a month and apparently <laughs> I, I think you haven't seen her since and it's been like six months and you were going nuts about the fact that oh no uh you know what the hell is wrong with you you know this and that blah 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 i gotta see my niece go to hell God of hell. I mean, you were going absolutely insane on me. And, uh, you know, that you had to go do this. You had to go, go do this. Go to hell! I mean, uh, what can I say, sir? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I mean, so many different, you know, sound bites and things that we can we can really get into here. Uh, I like that. I mean, yeah, I agree. I absolutely like that. Oh, oh. Is that all? Is that all? You know, talk about guests, sir. That is one guy that we need to get on our show. We need to get the fake Chris Russo to chime in so that he can talk to us about sports life and everything in between. <laughs> oh, I agree. If we can ever get that guy on the show, that that would be pure gold right there. I mean, I don't know how to find him, but that would be a great spot. Yeah, God, I love it. So listen, you know, I'm, I tell you, this show is great. And you know what? Because we get the most random things that happen here. I've got... You know, I'm signed on to AIM. I'm signed on to all these different things. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. I mean, I'm over here. I'm doing everything. I'm on the can. I'm doing everything. 
and I got like five different people talking to me who, you know, who don't call in, by the way. But, uh, you know, Kevin Knessa, our intern, is, is uh, texting me and letting me know that, uh, you know, he's totally with me on the, uh, the Barry Potter thing. He's not a big fan of his. And, of course, he was loving the anti-soccer remarks. So got to give a special shout-out to my boy, uh, you know, Kevin Knessa. Oh, by the way, Kev, uh, I need some more iced tea. So if you want to you wanna get that going, I only drink Arizona. So uh, make that happen, sir. <laughs> I can't believe how many people you're actually talking to, but yet not talking to Roger on the air. I mean, come on, people. 714-364-4722. Let's get going here. Oh, that, that's some good stuff, sir. You know, this, <laughs> this, show, this show is absolute pure gold. You know, I went to visit my – wait, you know what we didn't talk about? You just reminded me, or I just reminded myself. I okay. went to visit my brother this week. I haven't seen my brother since last year when I got married, and uh, it was some great stuff. You know, I gave him a rock bottom. That's the first thing I did when I saw him. And then when he recovered from that, I gave him some sweet chin music, lights out, one, two, three. My niece rang the bell. Good stuff. But, you know, my brother and I were talking about the show, and he's asking me how it's going and stuff and, you know, what it's like and, you know, how, how we're able to get all these wonderful guests on. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I told him, that I think, yeah, Pure Gold is great. He's like, what? What, what what the hell is Pure Gold? I'm like, Pure Gold, that's the name of the show. And he almost he almost gave me a low blow and a pedigree. He's like, are you serious? Pure Gold, what kind of name is that? <laughs> and, of course, I had to lie to him and tell him that we both, uh, <laughs> that we both uh, you know, thought that went up, even though you, of course, take 100% credit for it. But, you know, I mean, this show really is Pure Gold. What can I say? I think next time you go visit your brother is where you should buy him a couple of, like, um, apparel from Pure Gold website. You know, some hats, some hoodies, some T-shirts. I think you bring him all that kind of stuff next time oh. you go see him. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, oh, yes, by the way, what did you think about the the? You got sweatshirts. You got everything pretty much, right? <laughs> I bought it all. I bought my daughter Sabrina a kids tee. I bought my wife a a uh, a female T-shirt, and I bought myself a, an adult T-shirt and a hoodie. So I will be wearing the PG apparel very soon. Well, it's a, it's a good thing you didn't buy your wife a uh, you know, men's shirt because you're ever talking about female shirt. That, that's some good stuff. Uh, yeah, Thanks. folks, you know, you can check it out. Our, our website, we have the link there. Um, of course, that website, again, puregoldpg.com. The call-in number is 714-364-4721. Um, you know, just, folks, we're, we're, we're thrilled to be on, to be doing the show. It's just, uh, you know, my wife and I were talking about this earlier, and this really is a, it, it's a dream come true for me to think about this show and to think about what pure gold means and, you know, what it means to my family and putting food on the table and everything else because, I mean, this this show is absolute. It's amazing, you know. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it there. Yeah, if it wasn't for this show, I definitely would be out on the street begging for a <laughs> dollar. <laughs> well, you're going to be out on the street if you ever get, if you, if you do what this guy uh, Chris Lopez did and, and uh, you know, Derek Jeter hits number 4,000 and you don't catch it because... I know Andrew and her and Sabrina are absolutely not going to take any crap from you, sir. They're, they're not going to be too thrilled with that one. I don't even know if you know this, but John Sterling, in the recap of the game, said that, folks, we all witnessed history as Derek Jeter has 5,000 hits. So I guess Derek Jeter has 5,000 hits more than Pete Rose. So congratulations to Derek Jeter for 5,000. Wait, did he really say that? <laughs> he actually said that. You can YouTube that. Well, well folks, uh, before we... Sign this bad boy up. We actually do have a call in a guest. Um, we have one and only Kristen calling us all the way from New York. Kristen, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? We are 
doing absolutely fabulous. And uh, apparently, you're known as the Mets girl around uh, Staten Island. Is that true? Yes, it's very true. So, what's on your mind this evening? What would you like to talk about? Uh, I mean, I know you're a huge Derek Jeter fan, so you want to talk about uh, what's going on with Derek? <laughs> yeah, I love him. He's my favorite. <laughs> um, what, give us, give us your take, uh, Kristen. What do you think about the Mets and their uh, their situation this year? They're only one game over 500. The first half, uh, how would you grade them in the first half of the year? I think they um, have overcome a lot of obstacles other teams can't, and that's why I love them. I mean, most of our players are on the DL, our media yeah, players. The whole team. The whole team. Yeah. I mean, and we're still, I mean, what I like is nobody could ever count us out. That's true. You know, that, like they play teams, and, you know, you still, you know, it's not like a team you're just going to run over. I mean, sometimes, yeah. For the most part, no, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Let me ask you this. Do you think that um, Ike Davis is ever going to come back off injury? Is his career over? I mean, I hope he comes back, but I don't know. It's up in the air. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, how many games do you go to? I just moved here a year ago. Oh. Um, I'm from, well, I was born in Brooklyn. I lived there until I was 11, and then my mom moved me and my brother down to Florida. So I was in Port St. Lucie where the Mets had spring training, so I still got to see them. But I just moved back to New York a year ago. So I went to City Field once so far. Okay. I'm, yeah, de- I want to go again. If anybody wants to take me, let me know, because I'm willing to go. I just want to go by myself. <laughs> I think DG will take you before I do. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we should have a pure gold field trip out there. We should bring Kevin Canessa. We should bring Todd. We should bring the whole crew, even though Hans doesn't like us, baseball. We bring him out there, Kelly, Andrea, Sabrina. Bring everybody, and we'll meet up with Kristen and the rest of our fans and, and Evan Roberts and everybody else, so, and Dominic from Hicksville, of course, so we can go check out the Mets and hopefully watch them win. What do you think the Mets are going to do in the second half, Kristen? I think we're going to make it to the World Series. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Wow. Of course I'm serious. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, no. Well, we're Mets fans, too, but we're also not on, on drugs. Um, you yes. really think it's a <laughs> you, you must be smoking the Harry Potter. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I wanted to say, okay, after our field trip to City Field, we got to go to Broadway now. You know that, right? Oh, of course. we got to make field trip to Broadway. Absolutely yeah. have to go see Daniel Radcliffe. I know that my wife just uh, reserved some some seats front row for us, so we can we can see that. But that's of course after he gets out of uh, rehab, and of course after you get out of rehab for thinking the Mets are going to go to the World Series. I tell you, if the Mets did go, this, this would be the most improbable, unlikely team to ever make it. Especially considering that half their team is on the is on the table. As a matter of fact, um, it just came across the wire that the entire Mets uh, team, all 25 members of the roster have voluntarily checked into the disabled list, and they're all going to go have a, a microfracture surgery, so they're done for the year. We're going to bring up AAA. What do you think about that? I'm speechless. Come on, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as are we. Listen, uh, Kristen, uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I mean, I know, again, Jeter is your, your favorite player, so you'd like to talk about going to see him. Were you at the 3,000-home uh, run game, 3,000-hit uh, game on Saturday, by the way? <laughs> What do you think about that? <laughs> I actually think you were. I think you were probably next to the guy who caught the ball, and uh, I think that you were the one who convinced him to give it to Derek for free and to basically become homeless because 
You know, you're in so I much debt. I would have fought that guy for that ball. I would have fought that guy tooth and nail for that ball. Let me ask <laughs> you this. I throw it at Dieter's head. That's why I wanted it, so I could throw it back at his head. Well, someone has anger management issues just like Christian Bale. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Yep. On a serious I love note, him, though, by the way. He's a great actor. He really is. I heard I he beats his wife, but that's, we, don't, we don't condone that here in Pure Gold. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think – what would you have done on a serious note if you had caught the ball, if you were this – Chris Lopez, George Lopez, whatever his name is, what would you realistically have done? I mean, if you had thrown the ball at Derek, that would have caused you legal problems. But uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, I probably would have sold it back to him. Is that possible? Wait, say that again? Would you have done what with it? Thrown a basketball at him? I would have sold it back to him. Yeah, like, he could have bought it from me, right? Oh, Somebody told yeah. me the ball is the property of the stadium, so you have to give it back. Is that true? No, that's not, not true. true. It's it's not That's once true. it leaves once it leaves the stand. What are they going to arrest you? I mean, this isn't uh, you know this isn't uh, you know. I I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but I don't want to offend anybody. So this is not like a you know. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't a police force or anything here. The the fact is that that ball once it leaves the bat, once it goes into the stand, it, it's property of the team. It's property of you as a fan. They can't force you. I mean. You know, I, I just don't understand how somebody with that much debt, and regardless of his debt, but with that golden opportunity to milk the Yankees for all their worth, and again, not extorting them, didn't take it. I mean, Joe, there's there's no way this guy this guy he needs to go to Betty Ford with uh, with Vic because it's an absolute disgrace what he did. Yeah, Chris, do you have any debt without getting into specifics? <laughs> Hundred thousand. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Well, well, I mean, this guy. This, yeah, I. Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy is in a $100,000 debt with school loans and everything like that. The least the Yankees could have done was pay that off. I mean, I, I don't understand it. But uh, I guess he's smoking the Harry Potter just like uh, everyone else on the show is tonight. Well, right. The Yankee fans aren't all there. <laughs> no, they're not. They're absolutely not. I mean, you heard us earlier. We were talking about how um, the Yankees fans talked about the Jeter's the greatest shortstop of all time, that he's the greatest uh, pitcher of all time, and that He's the greatest Yankee ever in the history of the world. So, you know, they've obviously got no clue what the hell they're talking about. But, Kristen, listen, we just want to thank you for being the, the best caller we've ever had and uh, for, you know, the pleasure of uh, <laughs> joining our show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get get that game and all 50 of us can go and reserve some seats at uh, City Field. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, definitely call back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time you, you could you could uh, hit us up on Facebook for an hour before calling in. We we appreciate that. But Chris, oh, I definitely listen, will. I definitely great. will. Listen, uh, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed your time on Pure Gold. You know your guest spot. We're gonna send you a check in the mail. You have a wonderful <laughs> evening. And let's it better be it. as big as a check for Jeter's ball. That's what oh, of course, which was nothing. So we'll send you that as soon as you give us your address. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're going to send you uh, $5,000 in taxes that you can pay for Joe and myself. But, uh, Kristen, have a good night. And, again, we appreciate you calling in. And let's go, Mets. All right, let's go, Mets. Bye, guys. <laughs> Take Bye, care. Kristen. Folks, that was the one and only Kristen uh, joining us, one of our, our biggest fans ever on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I have to admit, other than the fact that Pyro was absolutely insane talking about the Mets and the Cubs uh, going for the NL championship this year, Oh, he actually said that the Mets and Cubs will play for the championship, even though they're both in the same league. So he is out of his mind. Uh, JB, let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up, sir. <laughs> it's wrapped up already for you. Just take it away, please. <laughs> well, <laughs> folks, 
this has been a pure gold show like no other. Probably our longest show ever, by the way. But we, we appreciate you calling in, Kristen, of course. We appreciate Hans for checking in with us. We appreciate Todd for giving us this take about an hour and a half ago. We appreciate Pyro and all of his comments on the, on, online. Folks, we appreciate you because this show is all about the fans. Those of you who listen, those of you who don't listen, those of you who have no clue who we are, we love you all just the same. Make sure to tune in next Tuesday and every Tuesday so you can listen to our one and only exclusive interview with Miss uh, USA 2010, Rima Faki, who was in the uh, WWE as far as Tough Enough goes. And, of course, two weeks out, uh, the week after that, we have Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post joining us. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. Of course, uh, the call-in number, if you'd like to call in, we're about to go off here, but you can call in anyway. 714-364-4721. I'd like to thank our producer, who we just fired. I'd like to thank uh, Kelly, our board op, for not taking calls today. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And, of course, as always, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold, Reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again.